0: Need to uh, begin with a, a prayer. Uh, baby Callum Block had a crisis this afternoon. Uh, understand that he pulled his trach out somehow and uh, was not breathing, and the EMTs have got him breathing, is what I've heard. So the Block family needs our prayers right now. So let's pray. Father in heaven, we uh, Come before you with a very, very special need for a special family. Father, we want you to intervene in baby Callum's health. Uh, We want there to be no repercussions, no damages done from what's happened. And we don't know the details, but we know you do. So we ask you to intervene and give him health. Father, we also pray for Leslie and Tristan and Brenda. Uh, They need your refuge right now more than ever, Uh, so we ask you to be their rock. They trust you, they rely on you, but things like this make us wonder, so just be what you can for them. Father, also help us to show us how we can hold their hands, show us the best things we can do to be a help to them this week as these things through Christ. Amen. If my phone buzzes during the sermon, I'll stop and answer it. <laughs> see if I get an update and if anybody out there gets one, bring me some news by the end if you know something more than what I know right now. All right, let's see if we can turn our minds to a great verse in the Bible here. Uh, while I was Preaching full time, we did a lot of different kinds of series. Uh, tried to vary them up some, and did a lot of textual studies on Sunday night. And one series that I always had in mind that I never got around to—I uh, was going to call it "Great Verses" or something like that. And we were going to tackle a great verse and get into it in a little more depth for a full sermon. And uh, I thought that'd be a good way to spend a year sometime, but we never got around to it. So. Uh, got the opportunity to fill in tonight, so I picked a great verse, and one that had been on my mind lately, and spent a little time looking at it, and I think it means more than I thought it did now that I've looked at it. So, turn to uh, Isaiah 55, is where we'll be, Isaiah 55, and we'll first read verses 8 and 9, because they're the most famous, Isaiah 55, 8 and 9, and I've used this in my know your Bible presentations and some other things before, because God says, My thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are my ways your ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Okay, that's the famous part of this passage. Uh, God says, We don't think the same. We don't do things the same way. We don't operate the same. I'm God, you're not. And we're just different. Okay? And we can make all sorts of applications out of that and learn a lot of things, I think, from it. But if we really sit down and study a great verse, which is what I intended to do, uh, we'll probably find some other clues. For instance, we never really pay much attention to that first word there in verse 8. It says, It my thoughts are not your thoughts. Well, anytime you see a for or a but or a because or something, you go back a little ways. Okay, now, we've been talking about context a lot on Wednesday nights. We got to see the context, so we go back a little ways and look what he says in chapter uh, verse six and verse seven. He says, "Seek the Lord while he may be found; call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way." And the unrighteous man, his thoughts, let him return to the Lord that he may have compassion on him. And to our God, for he will abundantly pardon, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, and my ways are not your ways. What's the subject of that whole thing? What's the big verb there is seek. Seek the Lord. In verse 6 and 7 he says, seek the Lord. And then he mentions that the unrighteous will change his thoughts and the wicked will change his ways. And seek the Lord while you can, because his thoughts are not our thoughts and his ways are not our ways. All right, let's see if we can make some little bit of sense out of this. Um, Children, at some points in their lives, uh, usually younger and then older, uh, realize their parents... Are pretty smart. They, they trust their parents as wise. They seek their advice. They ask them, what do you think I ought to do about this? They ask for permission on this or that or the other. They seek to know their parents' will. Now, there's a few shaky periods in life there where parents don't know anything, you know, and they're not there to help you. They're there to make your life miserable. And so so during that period, children tend not to seek their parents' will. Uh, God has both kinds of children. He's got both kinds. He's got children that understand His wisdom and seek it and want to find Him and change because of what they learn. And then He's got children that... Deny him and ignore him and rebel against him and don't seek him. So what he says there in 6 and 7 is you ought to seek the Lord. Seek the Lord while you can. Now, some other things that come out of this, I think, is since that first word there is seek, uh, that implies that there's some effort involved. You got to work at it, and I think that ties into the second part because I don't think like you do. So if you want to know my thoughts, if you want to know my ways, you got to get a secret. You got to look for it. Well, we know where to look for it, but he's saying you need to look for it. We had some prayer pals, old prayer pals, back in town, and had a sleepover the other night. And after we'd played a game or two, finally one of them said they wanted to play hide and seek. And I thought, I really don't want to get out of this chair and run around and hide in closets. It's going to take a little effort to play hide and seek, but they were prayer pals, so, and I know all the hiding places, so I, I played. But he says, seek the Lord. Okay, gotta do some work there's some effort in that, uh, because his ways are different than ours and his thoughts are different than ours. Now, We get a pretty good guarantee in Matthew 7, verse 7. He said, if you seek, you'll find. A true seeker will always find. And we run into some folks like that sometimes. We run into a lot of folks that don't want to seek. But we run into some that do. We've got fairly new members around here. And I was talking to the lady the other day. She came to us because of Know Your Bible, but she told me a little bit more of her story. She's a seeker, okay? I didn't know that. I knew she had watched Know Your Bible, but I didn't know what a seeker she was. Uh, She told me she was raised in a family, and one parent was Catholic, and one was Pentecostal, and she knew something was wrong here somewhere. And she began looking for answers and trying to find what God wanted her to do in life and what his will was. She told me she studied with the Jehovah's Witnesses for three years. And she said they just kept showing her stuff, and she had, then she had studied by herself, and she had found a verse that made that wrong, what they had been telling her. And she questioned and studied for three years. And then they turned on Know Your Bible one Sunday and began to watch that, and she said, this is Bible. They're, they're coming out of the Bible every time on every answer. And they watched it long enough that they said... That's what we're looking for. We're getting answers about God from his book. Now, that's a seeker. Matthew 7, 7 says, if you seek, you will find. He'll he'll get his word to you. In fact, that's what he says later in this passage. If my word goes out, it'll find where it's supposed to go. Anyhow, so that's the first point is we've got to seek. Now, why don't people seek? Why don't they find God? Why don't they find the His will? I think there's a couple of well, there's a lot of reasons, but the couple that I thought we might talk about a little bit is one is a a, a mind problem. Being born human doesn't give us God's thoughts. That's what He's telling us here. I think differently than you do, uh, so we have to get it from His revelation. So, the first thing I want to think about is it 's a mind problem. I, let me summarize this. Some people are just too smart to seek god, and smart 's probably not the right word. Probably too educated is the right word and and i 'm not picking on educated people, but God himself tells us there 's a problem there there 's a problem when you trust in your own. Wedges them, when you trust in your own education. And he ties it directly to that, that people won't find him. Let's read from, uh, read to you from Romans chapter 1, verse 21. Paul's talking about the downfall of man and all that, and he talks about men. He says, For although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him, but they became futile in their thinking, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools. So, so Paul says there's people that they know there's a God. There's no excuse not to know there's a God. But they don't want to admit there's a God, so they deny him. And the more they think about it, and the more they try to prove it, and the more they get educated to prove, disprove God, the more foolish they become. First Corinthians makes it even a little stronger. First Corinthians chapter 1. Beginning in verse 20. Kind of a lengthy passage, but just listen to the gist of it. Paul says, where is the one who is wise? Where's the scribe? Where's the debater of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God, the world did not know God through wisdom. It pleased God through the folly of what we preach to save those who believe. For Jews demand signs and Greeks seek wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified a stumbling block to Jews, and folly to Gentiles. But to these who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God, and the wisdom of God, for the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. For consider your calling, brothers. And this is the church in Corinth. He says, consider your calling. Not many of you were wise, according to worldly standards. Not many were powerful. Not many were of noble birth. who became to us wisdom from God, righteousness and sanctification and redemption, so that, as it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. Paul says there's a reason for this. Paul says he didn't, God didn't want anybody to be able to boast that he had figured out God, that he was so wise that he had figured it all out, so he chose weak things and lowly things and a crucified Savior. And wise people just can't get that. And he did that on purpose. So they couldn't boast in their own wisdom. So I think that's one thing that stands between us and finding God's will, seeking God's will, is for some people it's a matter of trusting in their own wisdom. Thinking they can figure everything out. The second one that I picked to mention this evening is it's a flesh problem. Uh, we got a flesh problem. And what especially First John and some other places tell us is that what the battle comes down to is it comes between what we want and what God says is best for us. We want what the flesh wants. Okay. We think this sounded like a good idea. Okay. Now, God may specifically say it's not a good idea. Now, bear in mind, that's where Satan operates. That's his thing. Is He, he works on convincing us that God's standards are all wrong. Okay. So he tells us we can figure out what's best for us. We can figure out what we ought to do because this will make us feel good, et cetera, et cetera. And that's where the battle is. You know, God says some very plain things. Galatians chapter 6 says, God is not mocked. What you sow, you reap. Humans don't believe that, especially young humans. You know, you can try to argue with them. You can say, no, going down that path, doing that, will lead to trouble. And they can't figure out that the harvest is six months away and what it's going to look like. But God says, you will reap what you sow. And we don't want to believe that. No, it feels good right now. This is the best thing for me right now. And, yeah, there may be consequences, but we don't have to worry about that. God says there will be consequences. It's hard to explain that to people. Proverbs 14.12, famous verse says, There is a way that seems right to man, but the end of it is death. We think we know. We know what the flesh wants. We know what feels good to us. We know the best way to handle this situation for us. And if that conflicts with what God says, well, too bad. This seems right to us. The end of that's death, the wise man said. Okay, so that's a couple of reasons, I think, that we have trouble doing what he says here in, first, in Isaiah, is seeking the Lord. But the last piece I want to throw in here is that he's really talking about results. We can argue all day about why people don't seek him and why we don't seek him. Why don't we listen to his truth and all that? But here's the clincher. If we do seek him, there will be results. Look what he says in verse 6 and 7. Seek thee the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he's near. And what will happen if you seek him and you call upon him? The wicked will forsake his way, the unrighteous man his thoughts. If we seek God and call upon him and understand his wisdom is best and get over our mind problem and get over our flesh problem and find out what he has to say to us, then we will change the way we act and we'll change the way we think. That's why I call this a different way of thinking. If you start with the premise that what God says is right and best for us, then you change the way you think. You say, well, this doesn't seem right to me right now. But if God says it's best, that's what I'll do. Okay? So the wicked will change his ways. The unrighteous will change his thoughts. So there will be some results. Now, that would be a really good place to Stop. Because I hadn't really bothered any of us. See, the whole time I've been talking about this, all of you have been thinking about those pagans and heathens and people that don't study the Bible and people that do wicked things and all of that. Well, if this is a great verse, there might be something in there for us. So let's take just a couple minutes and see if we can find any anything for us. Uh, you know, we know there's a God. And we can point out those people whose behavior needs to change. And we can spot those folks who need to change the way they think. Okay. But, if this is a great verse, maybe we ought to read it for ourselves. Maybe we ought to understand that, you know, he doesn't think like I do. His ways aren't my way. And... As a Christian, I might have some mind problems and some flesh problems. And I might have some things I need to change my ways and change my thoughts. I thought about making a great long list of those things, but I'll just suggest a few. I'd I'd probably call these hard sayings. Some of you are in our Wednesday night class where we're looking at hard sayings that are difficult to understand. These are different kind of hard sayings. These aren't difficult to understand. They're just hard to do. If we apply everything we've talked about in these few verses to us, and we read a verse that says, if we love him, we'll love our brother. And if we don't love our brother, we don't love him. So, see, now we've got to think. Now we've got to think about, how am I doing with all my brothers and sisters? And I realize in a church this big, you can't even know everybody. But the ones you do know, the ones that you're close to, do you love them? You want the best for them? You behave that way? You think that way? Or is it, I want what I want? And I know the best way. See, there's hard sayings in there. If we seek him, we'll change the way we think, we'll change the way we act sometimes. There's a passage that says, get rid of all bitterness and wrath and anger, on and on. Anybody got any of those kind of problems? Well, we do, but what do we do about them? We say, well, that's just the way I am. It's just my personality. Well, God said, get rid of them. You know, if you're seeking Him, because He doesn't think the way you think, His ways aren't your ways. You may justify it, but He says, get rid of it. Book says, don't gossip. Northside's really, really good about not gossiping, but I'm guessing there might be a little go on somewhere. If I knew about it, I'd tell you. little joke. <laughs> His ways are not our ways. We think gossip makes us look better. I know stuff that you don't know. God says don't do it. Causes troubles. It starts fires. It's bad stuff. Bible says men treat your wife like Christ treats the church. Everybody do that. Now, that's a thing we might have to change the way we think. Might have to change our behavior if we really seek God. And I could probably list some more, and hopefully I've said enough that you'll think of some more that are hard sayings. Sometimes we'll find a verse and we'll say, oh, okay, I understand that better. now. I've really sought the Lord. I figured out what that means. Brother Robin talked this morning about Matthew 28, said he had misunderstood it all his life. He thought the emphasis was on go and The emphasis was on disciple. And that's good. That means he's seeking. He's admitting that, okay, I learned something here. But those are kind of easy to deal with. When we find one of those hard sayings, that's not the way we think. Forgive 70 times 7. So you may think like that. I mean two's stretching it. Three is woo. I've put up with a lot from them. I've forgiven them three times. That's the way we think. I forgave them and I did it again. Okay? God says seventy times seven. I mean, you gotta change the way you think. If you're seeking him and you really believe that he, he said that and that's what's best for us. Okay, That's what's hard about these things is not the way we think. We may have a mind problem. We may have the flesh problem, but we seek him. We will change our ways and our thoughts. Let me read the whole passage together and then we'll quit. God says, seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way. Let the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord, that he may have compassion on him, and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways your ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Great verse. Hope it means a little bit more to us now. If you're here this evening and need to change your way, change your lifestyle, change your uh, some things that you've been doing the wrong way, we'd be happy to pray with you and help you, help you put Christ on in baptism if you need to do that. If you have any public need of this family, come to the front. Let's stand and sing.